The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Sunday evening after the Hawks blow out the Knicks here in Atlanta to go up 3-1, to one, and they are one game away. It's only a game away from moving on to the second round where they're most likely going to play the Philadelphia 76ers, but it's not over. Leeds have not been safe in Georgia sports the last decade, and after seeing the Knicks getting into it with Atlanta late in game four, I expect game five to be very physical, competitive, and the Knicks to probably play their best game. But, hey, we're going to recap game four before talking about game five with a special, special guest. After this plug from my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus 100% just like an A plus in school hopefully you got them but if not this your chance to get 100% you like playing blackjack there are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments and that's just the tip of the iceberg there is so much that you can do on my bookie and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. This guest needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. The GOAT, King Drip himself, Mr. David Bracey, your favorite, here on the program tonight to recap Game 4, talk about Game 5. Mr. Bracey, how are we doing this evening? Ah, 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 Atlanta Hawks in the building. Brad, it is a pleasure to be on the production podcast, and I know that you are feeling fantastic. I'm not feeling as great as you, though, in the great state of Georgia, celebrating another beautiful win by your Atlanta Hawks. You, we are celebrating. It sounds like you're cracking open on cold ones like Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not like Stephen A. Stephen A is probably sucking this one in right now. Ain't that right, brother? 
That's right, brother. And yeah, I don't think Stephen A got many cold ones. That's why his takes are always so piping hot. Yeah, and um, Kendrick Perkins is looking like uh, Nostradamus right now with the Hawks up 3-1 with one game away from clinching it. So we're going to talk a little bit about game four, David. Uh, the the thing I've been talking about on this program, and I know you've been a faithful listener and a huge supporter of the program, each game it seems like it's the first one 100 points. And again, it's the Hawks. And they were 13 points over 100 points today, winning 113-96 over the New York Knicks to go up 3 to. And as I said, a game away from clutching a spot in the next round. Another big second half from the Hawks. The Hawks won the hustle stats and the key stats needed to win the game. Uh, so before I talk about those key stats, David, is it over? Well, you know, they say it's not over till the fat lady sings. Um, and I'm sure that they'll have a, a wonderful halftime show for Madison Square Garden uh, for this upcoming game. And after that, then, yes, Brad, I do believe it will be over. Um, I hope she sings a beautiful tune because the city of New York will definitely need it. Um, it's going to be rough for them. And, you know, they say you shouldn't throw stones if you live in a glass house. And the people of New York have been throwing stones and spitting all over their own windows since this series began. And oh, we wow. see what is happening. We see what is happening. Uh, and, you know, hey, I got to give it to your boy. Just like you said, Kendrick Perkins, man, he he might be on something. I wouldn't necessarily say no Shadamus, I was thinking more Quasimodo, but I think that's probably based off the physical features. So we can say that for for an offline conversation. Oh my gosh, Quasimodo, and I was thinking more of them statues from uh, the Hunts back in Notre Dame. But you know, we're not going to talk about no Disney references. Uh, we're not getting paid to talk about that. But we are going to talk about those key stats that I said the Hawks needed to do better at once they came back for to Atlanta. Uh, the rebounding stat, they've been out rebounded by New York every game this series until today. They out rebounded the, the Knicks for the first time all series, and they were plus nine on the glass today, which was I thought was a huge, huge win for the Hawks. They shared the ball again. They had 28 assists the game prior, 24 today to 11 turnovers. So, pretty good assist to turnover ratio there. They lost the points in the paint, but when you're shooting 38.5% from the three-point line and you get huge bench contributions, which, again, the Hawks outscored the Knicks bench today, 37-28. to 28. They outscored them in game three, and they had been outscored in game one and two. So it, those two things really offset the fact that they lost points in the paint and the Knicks were frustrated today by the Hawks. I mean, three technical fouls and... Uh, it's a little bit of foreshadowing to game five, but David, I know I pretty much kind of expect the, I, like I said, I think the Knicks will play their best ball game. And I think they're going to come out swinging, maybe literally uh, to try to set the tone on, uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that the Hawks are going to come out with a punch. Um, I think they're going to come out with a punch to respond to what obviously the Knicks are going to bring going back home. You know, the crowd is going to be feeding in on that energy the Knicks are going to play with a sense of urgency, as they should, because they're down 3-1 in a series, and we know how that usually pans out unless you have a guy named LeBron James on your roster, which we know the New York Knicks do not. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. It's definitely going to be a showdown. Uh, the biggest question mark for the Knicks is really going to be their MIP, you know, the, the league's MIP, their all-star, Julius Randle, and his, his absence so far in this series. And these are... And I, Personally, I feel that his absence in this series is a direct result of the things that you've spoken on and echoed endlessly this season about the Hawks and their defensive presence. 
Clint Capella's effect on players around the rim is so underappreciated. And yes. I am just so glad to see the city of Atlanta and the Atlanta Hawks really just just going all in on the biggest stage. So you can really start to appreciate some of these guys that they have. Because, I mean, obviously, Brad, for, for you and for people who are followers of this podcast, you know, it, it's, it's far from a secret how the Hawks have been playing all season long. Now, of course, it's ebbed and flowed, but that's gone with a lot of different things. New coaches, new pieces on the roster, um, issues with cohesion. The Hawks have weathered so many storms, and here they are. They're back in the playoffs, and here they are. They are answering the call when the opportunity is presenting itself, and this is exactly what we hoped for. And if they continue to play like this, obviously a second-round series against the Philadelphia 76ers will require a separate episode in itself. But if, Mm -hmm. if they continue to play in this way, they are really going to make a lasting impact regardless of how deep into the postseason they go this season. They will make a lasting impact on the Eastern Conference with this type of play as their young core continues to ascend in this league. I'm very, very excited for the Hawks. Yeah, and I talked about going into the playoffs this year. that This was a coming out party for the Hawks with not that many National televised games, we talked about it at nauseum on this program, that they only had four. And now they've gotten four straight national televised games. And people got to see, okay, the Knicks are the Cinderella story. But, wow, the Hawks are pretty good. And then they see the Knicks, obviously, ride the wave in game two. And then they see the reaction and the support from the city of Atlanta the last two games, which has been phenomenal and been a huge advantage. And we're going to talk about that home court advantage for both sides and how it's been huge as far as an impact on both teams. But this was an opportunity for the league, for, you know, top players, maybe some disgruntled stars that have been murmurs about, oh, New York may be the place. Depending on what happens in cap room, Atlanta is looking like a very, very attractive market for some potential free agents this summer, especially with some people probably going to exit. They're going to have to find some people to replace those who will exit this summer. That is yet to be seen. But Atlanta is setting themselves up, I think, for like I said, for the next five years to be a very formidable team in the Eastern Conference. And uh, I'm not going to say championship window there. I draw a lot of parallel parallelisms with this franchise and Golden State, obviously Travis Lane coming from Golden State, but just how they configured this team. There's a lot of you know similarity between, you know, the startups for both of these teams. And this is that that first playoff series where people are, are starting to, you know, take notice of Trey Young, who has been disrespected and, you know, snubbed. You move the All-Star game here to Atlanta this year, and you don't even call them up when players aren't able to play in the All-Star game. That, that That's a head-scratcher, in my opinion. So Trey Young's just going out there showing out. This, and it's more than just Trey Young. And Stephen A. Smith, uh, who tries to do backhanded compliments on his uh, broadcast at times, really just talks about Trey Young, but nothing else. Uh, he may mention Capella. But he doesn't really talk about the other pieces on this team, the the fight, the resilience in this team to get to this point. Uh, the great job Nathan Millen has done. But uh, that's what, what do you expect when you know n- the national media doesn't get a chance to see this Hawks team? So I'm just glad that everyone's seeing this now. And just to talk about, you know, I talked about this last program a little bit. Couldn't really go. Um, well, two programs ago. Couldn't really go deep with Jordan because, you know, he was wearing his Knicks hat. But as far as for the next five years, 
And you talked about this, regardless of how they end this series, this is going to be an eye opener for a lot of people. What what does this do for the next few years, in your opinion, David? That's a great question. You know, in my in my opinion, I think what it what, what you would hope it would do for the Atlanta Hawks specifically. Um, we'll start with them. For the Atlanta Hawks specifically, what you would hope it would do is pique the interest of potential free agents to want to join the party, to be a part of what is happening in Atlanta. You already know how the players enjoy going there in their off time, um, and you know what they like to do there, which, again, we could save that for an offline conversation. Uh, people of Atlanta, A-A-A-A-A-A-A, you already know what's good. Um, Atlanta has a lot to offer. It has a lot to offer, and especially for a league that is filled with, of course, bro- young brothers like yep. you and myself. Um, There's a lot of cultural ties that I think would be very, very appealing. You have the large market, you have international hubs, you have a lot of titans of industry, you know, CNN, Coke, other type of things, all with hubs already in Atlanta. So there's a lot to offer. There's a lot of appeal there. And I don't think it would be a hard sell um, for a potential free agent, especially a marquee one to, you know, maybe want to want to see what Atlanta is all about, Uh, especially again, you know, as we continue to see their roster develop. All these guys are so young. So, so young. And maybe what they really need is just one more of these guys who has yet to get a ring, but we know deserves one to join the bandwagon. I mean, we see what's happened in Phoenix with Chris Paul showing up. I mean, it's not a stretch to think about somebody of that caliber making their way down to Atlanta and completely reorganizing the power structure in the Eastern Conference. And in regards to the Eastern Conference, of course, what this could mean for um what this would mean from the Atlanta Hawks potential play and, you know, continued ascension, you have another totem pole in your conference that people are clamoring to see. We talk about how now there was a lack of exposure on the national stage for the Hawks. I think next season you'll find that that is, that is not going to be a problem. Of course, you know, health is always, you know, a major factor in those type of conversations, but if everybody's healthy and they're ready to roll, the Hawks should be there to steal the show okay because it is popcorn it is movie it is everything you are looking for in terms of both ends of the court they have the big names on defense making big noise and they have the big names on offense hitting big shots so you gotta love it like i said you already know this the people of atlanta know it the future is very very bright in the peach state yeah i'm really excited and um i know we did some foreshadowing there listeners that we're gonna go back to the game today we're gonna go over stats and the, the the Knicks just needed help, and if, if Future was there, I would have loved at the halftime performance they played. David call the coroner because it's uh it's getting scary. It's getting scary. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous out here. And <laughs> the Hawks, you know, they really came to play today. They really came to play today. I want to start this off before we go into the stats. Shout out Gallo and Herder off the bench. I, I'm not gonna lie. I came out did a little Gallinari. It's a mohawk on my man. If, if you ain't playing well, we gonna have, you don't have to cut that off. You gonna have to cut it off. But he proved to me today he could play well with the mohawk. So I was glad to see the outpouring of points off the bench from Danilo Gallinari, who has struggled at times in this series. And Kevin Herter has been pretty consistent in this series with his contributions off the bench. And he's one of the few players that have been ready game in and game out. It may not come in huge, you know. Out, outburst of points like Gallo today, but he has hit some big shots and some huge three-pointers at key times that really has got the team energized and the crowd energized. So 
great game from both of them. They both showed up off the bench. They combined for 32 points. Gallo with 21 points on six and nine shooting from the floor and Herter with 11 on four of seven shooting with three three pointers. I talked about bench contribution being huge. And I, I'm, I'm going to jump a little. I'm going to jump ahead. Um, we're kind of we're kind of going all over the place, just like uh, Inception right now, David. But what I've been noticing in this series is that whichever whoever is at home, that second unit plays better. And that's usually, you know, typical in playoff series. You expect those role players at home to be energized when their name is called, when they not not hit hit a huge basket or they do a hustle play and it gets a crowd into it and it gets the teammates into it. So whoever has been the home team, the second unit has been been usually the better of the two and has led to you know success for that team outside of the first game where the Knicks bench outscored the Hawks by 34 points and lost in game one up in New York. But jumping ahead into game five. We're going back to Madison Square Garden, you know, the, the bench really outside of, you know, D Rose was in the starting lineup today. Toppin and Burks get gave them 25 off of the bench, but what Noah Emanuel quickly uh, uh Alfred Payton didn't even play in the game. Noel wasn't as great today, so they didn't really get a lot of contribution from their bench like they did in game one and game two. And I talked about, I'm going to say the Hawks need to be ready. That second unit must be ready to play on Wednesday. Uh, what can you foresee from that Knicks second unit in the game five, returning back to Madison Square Garden with their backs against the wall? Well, you know, like I said, they're going to come out swinging. They are not going to hold anything back because they have everything to lose, uh, most specifically this series. Um, so they're going to come out and they're going to be running and gunning. They're going to be really, really gritty on defense because Tibbs is going to expect them to maintain the defensive intensity that is set from the starters. Um, and in regards to guys like Derrick Rose quickly, you know, some of the names that you mentioned that are more of the popcorn scorers. I mean, like I said, they're really going to be looking to get off. They're going to be looking to get a show to the garden. They're going to be looking to feed off the crowd's energy. Um, and they're going to be looking to use all of those fans in that stadium to propel them across the finish line, because let's be very real here. It is the volume of talent on the Hawks roster that is absolutely outweighing the Knicks as far as second units goes. It's not comparable. It's just not. And the Hawks have designed this roster, obviously, um, intentionally. This is all a part of their master plan. And the Knicks are more of a product of circumstance. And again, you know, when it comes down to roster composition, because our, you could argue, I mean, as far as coaching strategy goes, this is a pretty even series. Nate McMillan, very, very talented offensively. Tibbs, very, very talented defensively. You know, So you can't really take anything away from either one of those guys from a strategic standpoint. But with what they got to work with, not even close. Not even close. Not even close. That's why we see guys like Tosh Gibson. That's why we see guys like Al Burks. These are guys who have been in the league so long, we forgot they were still in the league. And yet they are getting meaningful minutes down the stretch. They are expected to be defensive stoppers and offensive go-tos. And they have never been either at any point in their career. And that's just being real. You know? And when you look at, again, the Hawks, who have guys like Gallo, who have younger guys like Hunter, who have guys like um, – Herder, who have all these guys who are, it's a combination of guys who have proven what they are, 
and can give you that offensive consistency when the starters are lacking it, and guys who are young and unproven and will do whatever the coach asks them. It's a perfect storm, and you're seeing it unfold. Unfortunately, that storm is about to roll back into New York, and I hope the city's prepared. I hope the city's prepared because it's going to be raining. It's going to be raining. Get into the storm shelters. And, guys, if you have Nick fans out there, I know Jordan and – um. My my man Vincent from college. Shout out Vincent. Um, if you listen to this program, check in on your Knicks fans right now. They're a little down, um, but they should be because the storm is coming, like David said, and it's coming to Madison Square Garden. And you 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 mentioned a point, a quote that you know kind of fired up the Knicks going into the series is that people were talking about how much how much more talent is on the Hawks roster, and they tried to downplay. It's like no, we don't think that they're a more talented roster. Uh, we're definitely tougher than them. Um, and you mentioned it. It's coming back. That comment is coming back to bite them because the talent and the depth on this Hawks team. Now, we didn't really see it in game one and game two. And they really haven't gone deep in the bench like the, the Knicks have. But they've gotten contributions from key players off the bench. It was Lou Will in game one. It was Herder. It was Gallo today. It's it's been different people and and even other other players outside and on the starting lineup uh, role players. DeAndre Hunter has been stepping up as well. Uh, the Capella being consistent. John Collins doing things on the defensive end and obviously having a, a good offensive output today. As today, JC, it was great to see you uh, play well. John Collins had 22 points on six of 10 shooting from the floor, knocked down two three-pointers, grabbed eight rebounds. You know, Trey Young is going to continue to be Trey Young, the leader, the unquestioned leader on his team, the initiator of the offense, the engine of the offense for the Hawks. And it's not like, I mean, him, him and Randall are both, you know, re- relied on to create for others on the offense. But when you have Bogey, who had, didn't have a great game today, but 12 points, still had his four three-pointers. And we know that when Bogey hits three or more three-pointers, the Hawks usually win. You get 12 from him. You get another double-double from Clint Capella with 10 and 15 rebounds there. Uh, Trey Young, he doesn't need 30-plus points. He still had his 27 it wasn't ultra um, efficient from the floor. Still nine nine to twenty one, but you get four three pointers. You still have nine assists. So everybody's contributing for this Hawks team right now, and I think and it's definitely uh, a tribute to them being at home and that energy and that second unit really stepping up. But the connectivity and the continuity is finally here with this Hawks team, and they've had several weeks leading up into the playoffs to have a somewhat healthy roster, get players back carve out their minutes, carve out their roles going into the playoffs. And the, and I talked about this going into the uh, the series, David, that the Knicks pretty much had the luxury of being relatively healthy throughout the entire season where the Hawks had, as you said, a lot of adversity with injuries, coaching changes, uh, some turmoil in the locker room, um, little things there uh, that may not have been reported as, as this was probably a tough year for a lot of teams in the NBA. Um, I think those rigors and those trials and tribulations that they went through through the regular season prepared them for the postseason. And regardless of if they win or lose on, on, on Wednesday, which I hope they, you know, ended, but if not, they come back to Atlanta and, and win in the six, regardless like you said, it, it's something special brewing out here in Atlanta. And this is the 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 foundation that they're building upon this playoff run for the next few years. And uh, on the flip side for the Knicks, uh, Julius Randle, who we talked about the engine of their offense, uh, 23 points today, uh, his best 
uh, scoring output here in the series with 719 from the floor, shooting 27% from the floor this uh, this series. He's been shooting well from three, but uh, I want to talk to you about how the Hawks have been guarding uh, Julius Randle. I thought they've been doing really great. They've really given him three-pointers. Um, I know he's had a career high in two games against the Hawks from the three-point line, and we know that he can light it up from there when he gets hot. But giving him a three-point shot, really making it hard um, in a two-point game, uh, what do you what do you say to the Hawks defense on Julius Randle this series? To the Hawks defense, I say bravo. Absolutely bravo. This is exactly this is exactly what Clint Capella was brought in to do. He was brought in to protect the rim and he'll be damned if he's going to give you an easy shot. He'll be damned. You saw the Dikembe finger wag. I mean, he is bought in. And Capella has been a defensive stalwart for a minute now. It's it's far from a secret. You know, people have questioned his offensive acumen um, because of what consistently seems like the only opportunity for him to score being him catching a lob or finishing at the rim at a layup. Um, I'm not going to knock a guy. A bucket is a bucket, and he's very good at getting them. Gets them at high efficiency, gets them with ease, and when he catches those oops from Trey, oh my God, the whole, I mean, you can just feel the crowd just mm-hmm. it, it is it is incredible the energy that he brings on both ends of the court with his ability to finish at the rim and protect the cup incredible incredible and incredible. And, and david i wanted to throw out uh that's another future song that's funny uh, we just have a bunch of future references gay um but i wanted to talk about capella real quick before we go back to the knicks a little bit of foreshadowing, maybe. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, so I'm not going to wood when I say this, but if the Hawks do move on to the second round and go against the Philadelphia 76ers, um, it goes without question because I think this is a yes, um, a hell yeah, actually. But um, Capella, do you think he's going to be kind of jacked up and go against Daryl Morey? That is a definite hell yes. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be even more excited to go up against Joel Embiid and make him very uncomfortable, uh, much to Daryl Morey's chagrin. So, Yes, I, I absolutely believe that would be the case. Um, I would be very curious to see how many minutes we get out of Dwight Howard and Clint Capella before one of them is given a technical foul or ejected. Uh, let's hope it's Dwight because they definitely are going to need Clint on the other side. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a very physical series down low, and that should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we definitely don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, like I said, the Knicks still have a game on on Wednesday, and uh, R.J. Baird, who broke out of his slump today, scoring 21 points on 8 of 15, shooting from the floor, two three-pointers, six rebounds, four assists. He definitely was big today. Uh, it didn't make a difference on the scoreboard, though, but if you're a Knicks fan, you like to see if you're a Hawks fan. Um, if they can get other contributions, you know, they had an offer from Reggie Bullock, who is becoming a villain down here in Atlanta. But if Baird is feeling good and, you know, Randall had a better day today, uh, them going back home, um, uh, that's going to be something to watch uh, as far as, you know, confidence building that, hey, um, some their key players, some of their key players are playing a little bit better and they have an opportunity to right the ship on Wednesday. So I'll be watching that. Uh, D Rose with 18 points. Uh, D Rose, D Rose, D Rose. Uh, 18.6 rebounds in 33 minutes. Uh, sorry, six assists in 33 minutes. Uh, Obi Toppin with 13 off the bench for the rookie. Uh, Emmanuel quickly with a, with a zero today. Um, and Alex, as I said, Alec Burks with 12 off the bench. So they got contributions, but and I've I've seen some people say this. Uh, they said like it looks like the, the Knicks have given up these last two games. Uh, and 
I'm not going to say given up, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to definitely open this up to you as well, but I definitely think both both teams have gone through adversity this uh, season, so we're not going to knock each's uh, hustle and grind to get to this point. But it definitely seems that when the going gets tough, uh, the Knicks get more outwardly frustrated than the Hawks, and they take it out on the other team with technical fouls and frustration and I, and kind of foreshadowing into game five. Um, I think the Knicks will be the aggressors. I know we saw Julius Randle get into it with Gallo. Uh, Reggie Bullock get into it with Gallo. Reggie Bullock gotten into it with John Collins, with Trey Young. Um, I, I think I think it's going to be very, very physical on Wednesday night. The Knicks are going to look to be the aggressors. They're going to look to play bully ball and just try to physically wear out the Hawks. They're going to use that energy um, in Madison Square Garden, as we talked about before. And we've seen how the officiating has gone uh, with obviously the free throw uh, differential on Friday night being hilariously in favor of the Knicks and a losing effort for New York. And um, I I don't have the foul stats pulled up today uh, for today's game. So I do apologize there, but I'm interested to see how the officiating uh, is going to look like on on front Wednesday um, in game five. Yeah, that's a very fair point. And I mean, it's one that I hate to admit, um, but the, the, the referees definitely, I mean, early in, in multiple series here, you can tell the referees had a pretty profound effect um, on the, the, the flow of the game. Um, for better or for worse, you know, uh, nobody's perfect here, so I'm not trying to knock the refs. I don't want to get a fine from Adam Silver that I definitely cannot afford to pay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. And, like, as you, as you said, you know, going back home, you know, you might have a little bit of hometown bias that you're working with there. Uh, so the Hawks just got to show up. They got to execute and they got to most importantly close out the game. They cannot allow a lead should they develop into one. Um, should they develop one, they cannot allow a lead to slowly sip away through errors, unforced turnovers and empty possessions, because that is going to build the momentum of the crowd build the confidence of the New York Knicks, and it's going to be very difficult to get a win in the garden with the whole stadium behind the team. Um, We know that New Yorkers are diehard fans, um, but the first word of that is most important, okay? Die, okay? So as soon as the Knicks go belly up, so does the crowd. So you got to take them out early, early. Yes, sir, and you mentioned – uh, leads do not give up leads. Like I mentioned before, the past history in Georgia, the Hawks have to forget that past history. They have to forget the Braves last year in the NLCS. They have to forget the Falcons, the, the Georgia Bulldogs, and the national title. They're gonna have to forget those moments because this is their opportunity to kind of right the ship and you know break the curse here in Georgia. I'm gonna knock the knock on wood as far as Georgia sports, but an opportunity to continue to showcase what they have here in Atlanta. And the Knicks are definitely gonna look to play spoilers in game five. And it, it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. I'm really interested to see um who is going to I mean Julius Randle, as I said, and RJ Barrett had good relatively good games today. It's interesting. They're going to see who's going to try to step up on the bench for the New York Knicks. But if you're looking for pointing to one player for the Hawks um, outside of, you know, Trey Young, you're pointing to this player game five. Who do they need to have a big game from to close it out in five? 
For me, I think the X factor of the game is going to be Bogdanovich. His ability to facilitate the offense as well as just get buckets, stretch the court, um, and play, honestly, what I think has been some pretty underrated defense. i got to give Bogdanovich some credit here. He's a little bit more athletic than I had initially believed. Um, he, he, his, his play is going to be really, really key for them. Uh, obviously, you know what Trey is going to do. You know Collins. You know Capella. You know some of the names here. And then, of course, guys coming off of the bench like Gallinari, uh, a Lou Will, if he makes his appearance, you know, those guys are really just there to kind of help the offense float and give Trey Young some rest. Um, so Bogdanovich's ability to, in those moments, especially when Trey is off the court, continue to lead the offense um, and keep that continuity is going to be so huge. So I'm going to be looking out for that. Yeah. And my player I was going to point out to uh, John Collins, who had a good game offensively today. Um, you know, Julius Randle is going to be motivated. You know, they're going to, like you said, they got nothing to lose and just, but just a series, uh, next game. Um, his defense is going to be crucial. Him, uh, Capella, anybody who's going to be guarding Julius Randle, they're going to be huge in this game five as he's going to probably look like, look, set the tone and be really, really physical and be that bull in the China shop like he normally is once he gets to the paint, but then have the finesse game. So they're going to have to be physically ready and the extra day's rest is going to help them but it's also going to help the Knicks so I'm going to be looking at John Collins specifically uh, with his defensive assignment and see if he can continue to uh, contribute on the offensive end and one player to watch out for in game five on the Knicks side of things in your opinion that's tough as far as the Knicks go I mean the most obvious answer is clearly the guy who they've been missing the most and that's Julius Randle I mean if we're being real about it, we could we could say a Derrick Rose, you know, we could we could say a quickly, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say Kevin Knox. As we talked about before the podcast began, I think he even forgot he was on the New York Knicks. So, <laughs> Kevin Knox, I hope you're OK, my man. If you're listening, we're thinking about you. OK, once a wildcat, always a wildcat. But we got to get you some tick. Uh, he needs some minutes here. But um, I think the biggest the biggest factor for the, the Knicks has got to be Julius Randle, man. It's got to. He's been absent. He's been their best player during the regular season. In my personal opinion, he's the only reason that they made the playoffs um, because he was definitely their most consistent player all season long. Um, they need him. They need him. They need him to play like the most improved player in the league. They need him to play like a first-time All-Star. They need him to play like a guy who is out here to get a big bag, a big check, all of those things. Okay? They need. They need it. They need it. And if Randall shows up as playoff Randall. Which, again, and, and just to pause really quick, I don't know where along the lines we started adding the word playoff in front of a guy, and it became a negative thing. Because mm. it seemed yeah. like just last season, I mean, we had playoff Rondo, but we also had playoff Paul and Pandemic P. And I just, I just, I can't keep up, but I can't keep up. Used to be the guys were better in the playoffs. Now it seems like the worst. <sighs> Take it or leave it, guys. I, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's got to be Randall, man. He's got to show up. Yeah, and I'm going to go a different route. I think I'm going to pick two players to watch out for for the Knicks. Reggie Bullock with the 0 for game. Um, we know he's really good as a perimeter defender, probably the best perimeter defender for the Knicks. Uh, he, he didn't make a basket today. He's known as, you know, a three-point arsonist. Uh, him being at home, him, him hitting some timely three-pointers and letting that crowd get energized, and that's going to energize him to, you know, talk a little smack and even play a little harder on a defensive end. So I'm going to watch out for Reggie Bullock. When he contributes, good things typically happen for this next team. And I'm also going to say Emmanuel quickly. Uh, being at home as well, a rookie. Uh, you, like I said, you get your name call when you make a big basket in the crowd. It gets behind you. So I'm going to look at those two players. One, obviously, as a, a, a starter, 
in a role player and then um, Emmanuel quickly, who could be your, you know, your seventh man off the bench, if you would like to say for the Knicks. So those are going to be two key players there that I'm going to be watching out for. But guys, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy this win. We got to a Wednesday. Uh, hopefully I'm going to get off work and we're going to watch the game. Me and my friend, Alan, to check out the game here in Atlanta, hopefully to see the Hawks close it out. And I want to again, thank, Mr. Drip, King Drip. Let me put some respect on his name. King Drip himself. David Bracey for coming onto the program tonight. David, tell the listeners what you got going on. It's always a pleasure, my brother, to have you on the show. You are a true blessing to me, my friend. Oh, blessings on both sides of the table, my man. And we are all kings and queens. So everybody listening and those who are not, you appreciate it. You are definitely appreciated. I appreciate you having me on the show this evening. Man, as always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, DFB underscore three. Uh, got some things cooking up right now, so definitely going to start having some more and more appearances. So keep an eye out for your boy here. Uh, love to talk hoops. You can always get at me in my DMs on either. Uh, if you ever have any questions, anything you're looking to get off your chest basketball-wise, I'd love to hear it. Always down for a nice hot take or a cold one, whatever you got. Um, and before I go, I just want to say I thought it was so perfectly appropriate that you called Reggie Bullock a three-point arsonist because that's exactly what that man is. He's either going to burn down your house or his own. So oh. let's hope for the people in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> let's hope Let's hope for the people that uh, that uh, it's not their house, hopefully. Hopefully the call's not coming from inside the house here because uh, might be trouble. Might be trouble. Oh, my gosh. They're going to need life alert on uh, on on Wednesday, hopefully. Uh, but like, again, it's a pleasure having you, Mr. Bracey, on the show. And if you love what you heard, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell everybody. Hawks fans, NBA fans, new basketball fans, Atlanta sports fans, just fans, fans. Pretty much any human being with a conscience and a soul on this planet needs to listen to this podcast. So share it with them. This is the hottest podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. That's no cap numbers. Do not lie. So follow us for the latest updates on Twitter at HoopBallHawks. That is at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett. Six, seven on Twitter. That is Brad J A R R E T T six, seven. Hit me up. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me about your confidence level for this series. What you're looking for for the 76ers. Are you not even looking ahead? Are you pray- get your prayer beads because you don't want to blow a lead? Tell me how you're feeling. Holla at me leading up to Wednesday. Sheesh. We will catch y'all later. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.